Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. At the end of the episode, I will read a scene from Trying to Die at Death Bash. Maybe two, depending on how well you listen. If you're a shitty listener, then you probably only get one. No, I will do two. It's early in the morning on Saturday. Generally, I try to record this on Friday. I'll do my newsletter on Friday. It used to be all Thursday, and then I would put it out on Friday. Now I'm starting to put it out on Saturday. But yeah, I would do it the night before. That way I wouldn't have to worry about it doing it first thing in the morning on Saturday morning. But here we are. I did not get it done yesterday. Part of the reason it didn't get done yesterday, I went and trained at 6 in the morning. And then I went back like at around 11.30 for the second half of the second class, the day class. So I had trouble thinking, trouble working. So I decided I might as well just go try to roll some more. So this week of jiu-jitsu was pretty good. Four days, five practices, four and a half practices. So yeah, a couple of the days I was, I don't want to say depressed, but maybe not really feeling it as much. My body's been in a lot of pain. Just trying to warm up before class is painful. I had to take off. I didn't do any yoga this week with my buddy George because my body's just hurting too much. I have to be careful of overtraining. That might have been what happened when I went to D.C. I might have just done a little bit too much. So this week was hard to get into. But then one day after I had taken my son to school, I had like a 15-minute window. I trained earlier that morning. I wasn't really feeling great about it. Everything hurt. My hands really hurt too. But then I picked up my guitar, started playing for those 15 minutes in between taking the kids. And it made a big difference because I realized while I was playing, I knew I was going to be in a better mood while playing. So that's why I picked it up. But then while playing, I realized like, man, this is no different than jiu-jitsu. It doesn't matter if I suck at this song. It doesn't matter if it's, if I'm messing up, if it's not coming out perfect. It's the act of doing is what... I'm enjoying. That's what's putting me into a better mood. Same thing with jiu-jitsu. Whether I'm winning or losing, whether I'm having a great day on the mat or, or a terrible one, I'm still enjoying it. I like being there around the people, you know, talk with everyone, friendly with everyone. I enjoy the community. I enjoy rolling. I enjoy the physicality of it. So I shall continue doing it. This week, my wife and I are going to Las Vegas with the team because we are competing at the IBJJF Worlds, Nogi Worlds. I think there's 4,000 people competing in this thing. It's huge. Um, My wife competes, I believe, on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and then I think I'm on Friday. Right now, I only have one match. There aren't that many guys that are 50 and over, and I decided to stay in my age bracket just because... My coach was telling me there's no reason not to. In my mind, it's a lesser thing to, like, if I do win 50 and over, it's like, oh, big deal, fucking 50 and over. And so in my mind, I was like, well, I should go to the younger kids and or younger men and compete with them. But why not just have a fairly fair fight? So still not guaranteeing any kind of win. We'll see how it goes. It could easily lose. Um but it's all good. So that's just part of putting yourself out there. That's why a lot of people will never compete because they cannot risk losing. A lot of a lot of men especially, they won't do it because if they never do it, then they never have to lose. But they also never get to win. And they're fucking cowards. All right. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, last week, 
the ride home, the flight home from Washington, D.C. was awesome. It was a five and a half hour flight. I wrote for five hours. So it's not like I wrote a ton, 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 but I did develop all the rest of the death scenes for Trying to Die in a Dark Fairy Tale. There are a couple of the 30 or so, maybe six to eight. I didn't see super clearly, and I was leaving those more for Evan. Uh, but the rest, I think I gave him a very good, uh, a pretty good start. Um, some of them were almost like two pages, page and a half of uh, pretty developed death scenes. I'm now having him go and fix those up, put them back in his character's voice. And then we just need to get the final edit. So that thing is pretty much done as far as I'm concerned. I will go back over the death scenes one more time. I'll redo the whole story one more time. But in my mind... Once I'm done being creative on a project, I'm going to say, okay, that one's done. That one's over. I'm good with that. Uh, slash tag is being edited right now by Lindsay Smith, which is awesome. I had already done my big edit on it. I'm going to be the head editor on that one. It should be assisting me. And then I had a really cool breakthrough on Deathfest Confessions. So one of the big problems with Deathfest Confessions is authors have, when they're writing their stories, often going inconsistent with what's happening at death. It's like, okay, well, that couldn't happen because that didn't happen in the book or they actually did that in the book. It's written right there. So how are you going to say it's this? So there was a lot of that, a lot of headaches with that. And then, then there's the problem with, okay, well, in this story, the guards are this, but in this story, the guards do that. And so again, another kind of a big headache, but I just had a breakthrough on how I'm going to handle all that. Uh, it's going to be quick. It's going to be easy. And so I'm excited about that. So that is pretty much done. Going over those final stories. We don't have a long time. That is out in three weeks. So if you have not done so already, please tell your friends. Pre-order that thing. Death Best Confessions. Uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. Pretty massive. And uh, I'm excited about it. Very proud of it. Right now, if you want to check out one of the stories, if you and if you enjoy extreme horror, Die Forever by Simone Trohan uh, is out now. The German version is also out. Sterb Ivish. Uh, so that is uh, free on Amazon until I believe Monday. Next week we'll have the third one, Eat Me, free. And then the week after that we will have uh, Fighting Fire with Fire by John Cone. Uh, let's see. What else is happening? Also, while I am finalizing those short stories, I... Also working on the bios for the best of Death Fest and putting all those songs together. Lots of the bios are being created by the individual authors themselves of the bands, but the ones that do not have a bio, the ones that are not filled out by uh, these authors, Glenn and I will be writing those. So that's another little project we have going on. I don't think that one will be ready in time for the Death Fest uh, Confessions, the main anthology, but it'll be out fairly soon afterwards. In fact, I'm still waiting on the cover of that from my friend Brian, who did the Death Fest Moth, and he's done all kinds of awesome shit. So I'm anxious to see what that's gonna look like. The monthly contest is over. I just selected winners. Two were from the US, two from the UK. Uh, I'll put up the new contest today. Hopefully it'll be up by the time you're listening to this. Otherwise it'll be tomorrow, but that is always on my website. I'm gonna do it once a month. We're here, they're giving away four paperbacks people around the world. If you're in the U.S., I will do a signed copy. If not, I need to send you, uh, I'll send you a copy direct from Amazon. All right, guys, I think, uh, yeah, I want to get, I want to get some solid work done today. So 
I'm going to wrap this thing up by reading you a little story. At the end of the last episode, or whenever we last read Death Fest, we had to make a decision. Kyle just went up to one of the guard trucks, one of the black trucks that's around. He was going to ask the guy for something, and the guy pulled a gun on him and took off. And so he was pissed. He wanted you to go check it out with him. So that was your choice. Investigate with Kyle or tell him we can meet at Viking. So I'm going to say we're going to go investigate because, yeah, I'm not going to let someone pull a gun on my friend. You crazy? Before. So you come on or not, Kyle says, acting like it's not a big deal either way. He's always been good at pretending he doesn't hold grudges, but I know he won't forgive me anytime soon for bailing on him, especially when he's already feeling wronged. You swear you're not going to do anything stupid? Like stick a gun in someone's face? He heads for the woods, following the Humvee's path. We pass a couple of small groups of concert goers hanging out in the trees. One of them even offers to smoke us out. Kyle shakes his head and keeps walking. Look, Kyle, I'll do some recon with you, but we're not going to rage on a bunch of guys with guns. I know, he insists. We're just going to check it out. We creep through the woods until we hit the back fence. The military guys have taken down a small section of fencing and left two armed guards on either side of it. The fence isn't very high and there's no barbed wire on top to prevent us from jumping it. Kyle goes first and I'm right behind him. The grass is dead, the leaves dry and crunchy, both of us watching our step as we creep closer to the sounds of vehicles and voices. Another 20 yards in the tree's end, a large section of the hill covered with black vehicles, men in military gear sitting around. There's that asshole who pulled a gun on me, Kyle says, pointing and peeking out from behind a giant oak. I can't see, so I take a small step but land on a pine cone, my shoes slipping out from under me. Oof! Stop right there, shouts one of the guards. Kyle splits for the fence. I'm right behind him, but falling back rapidly, my ankle sprained. Two men with guns give chase on foot, a Humvee coming up to pass them. We're nearly to the thick section of trees. We're nearly to the thick section of trees when I glance back to see how close they are. My foot hits a root and I fall, my shoulder smack in the path of the middle of the path, the air knocked out of me. I roll off to the side and put my back to a tree. Kyle looks back, sees I've given up, and does the same, stopping in the path with his hands up. The men raise their weapons and yell for him to get on his knees, but I can barely hear them over the Humvee that races for us. It's going too fast, about to run over Kyle. The driver throws on the brakes, fierce to the side just in time, the bumper heading straight from my face. Great. You killed Jerry again. God damn it. Make some better choices, people. You should have told him to meet me at Viking. All right, let's do it. Kyle's a good 20 feet away. No way I'm going to stop him. Plus, he's a big boy and can take and can take care of himself. Be safe and meet me at stage one, I shout. I'll hang out back by the hay bales. He stops, turns around. You're really not coming? You're going to let these guys pull a goddamn gun on me? Dude, all I'm doing is checking out a band I really dig. Be cooler with you there, but whatever, man. You do you. I turn towards stage one and follow the tree line. Head towards the sound of Viking sound check. Wondering if Kyle might be onto something, I creep through the trees, waiting for someone to leap out and fill me with full of bullets. The hay bales between one and two extend a little further into the trees, but there's nothing of interest back here except some dude pissing, another puking, and two girls kissing under an elm. Thanks to the sun, it's hard to see the stage from back here. Nearly all the audience gathers up front. There's no telling how long Kyle is going to be or if he'll ever make it, so I might as well join the crowd. He can always text if he can't find me. The crowd is getting restless. I join them in the back, sticking to the outer edge where Kyle's more likely to head. I'm behind a couple women, both so thin it looks like a stiff breeze would blow them over. I pad my face with my shirt sleeve, wiping sweat off my brow. 
Sun really is brutal today. I text Luna if it didn't make me look so needy. It seems like she digs me, but that's hard to believe. Probably more likely that her niceness is a favorite at test. A thank you for the ticket. The phone's back in my pocket, my eyes on the stage. No one's up there yet, but everything's in place. The massive drum set taken up the middle, the weaponized guitars and bass on stands to show off the bladed edges. The band walks out and I join the roar of cheers and screams. They've got to be sweating their asses off in their cloaks and tunics, but the outfits look authentic. Oscar Olsen grabs his mic stand that's shaped like an axe, its razor-sharp blade bigger than his head. Hello, Deathfest! His thick accent booms up from the speakers. Who's ready for some metal? More screaming from the front. The sound so loud it vibrates over my skin. Before it completely dies down, Viking lays down the opening rip of Plunder and Pillage, a single from the Dangeld album. The guitar picks up speed and soon the drums and bass join with Oscar's growl. I'm getting pumped up. I'm not the only one. The crowd's going crazy. A couple of people walk by drinking from water bottles, pausing while one of them headbangs to the song. Over by the hay bales is a free water stand with blue-shirted staffers handing out bottles. I head over and grab one. On my way back, I pass two staffers with a garbage bag, picking up stray bottles from the ground. I take a swig of water, figuring the cost of it was worked into the ticket price. Not that I care. It's just cool they're looking out for us and don't want anyone dying from dehydration. Normally, I'm not a singer, but I get sucked in with the chorus and the crowd, everyone belting out the lyrics together. Pillage, pillage, I swing my axe. Pillage, pillage, you pay your tax. I swing my arms and sing along, the uncapped bottle slipping out of my hand. I pick it up off the dirt, half of it spilled out. No biggie. Plenty more where that came from. I take another swig and spot Kyle making his way over. He reaches me as plunder and pillage ends. Man, this is something weird, he says. The vehicles have no markings on them, none. And same with the soldiers or guards or whatever the hell they are. All black outfits. His eyes say his conspiracy wills are turning at full speed. I ask, you thinking this is some Blackwater type shit? For sure, man. Those suit guys look like scientists. They're probably just running safety drills or something. Doubt it. Everyone thinks metalheads are dirtbags. They're worried we're going to rebel. Well, to be fair, systemic collapse is performing. I'll give them that, he says with a smile. Up on stage, Viking plays before a boat that's moving back and forth upstage filled with fans dressed as Vikings and wielding foam weapons. Those people must have paid a ton, but based on the way they're getting into the music, it looks like it was worth it. There's no reason to be hanging back so far. I nudge Kyle to move forward into the crowd. He nods and we make our way to the front, the mosh pit coming into view. As we get closer, Viking starts their third number, Blood Eagle, one of my favorites. On stage, they have actors to play the part, the song describing a ritual killing. The fake prop victim is strapped down by one actor while another cuts along the victim's spine. I bang my head along with the rhythm, the singer shouting for everyone to follow. We all sing as the two actors reach forward and pull apart the ribs of the victim, fake blood and gore spilling onto the stage. I cheer wildly along with everyone else. Kyle asked me how many beers I've had. Same as you. And no drugs? Not yet. Why? He shakes his head. Nah, it's just cool to see you chill out a bit, man. This is just what you needed. This has been incredible, dude. I owe you. No worries, he says. What do you say we get to the front for one last song? We've got to get all the way to stage three, though. We'll go and grab us some beers, Kyle says. But after this song, I'd rather hook up with the girls and get a good spot for Systemic. You know they'll bitch if we don't. Kyle gets his evil grin on. I could probably be talked into leaving now if you'll sneak. I could probably be talked into leaving now if you'll sneak backstage with me. Dude, I'm not getting kicked out. That's right, you won't. These guys don't throw anyone out. Slap me on the wrist and say, oh, please don't do that anymore. 
it would be pretty badass to get back there. Not today, dude. So it's your call, he says. What do you want to do? All right, guys, three choices. Stay for the finale. Leave early to sneak backstage at sneak. Leave early to sneak backstage at stage three. Or leave early and meet Tess and Luna by stage three. So are you going to stay for the finale? Leave early and go backstage to stage three. Or just leave early and meet the girls at stage three. Choose wisely. All right, guys, hope you have an incredible week.